Welcome to the Education Marketing Leader Podcast with Chris Raposo. If you're looking to dive into the latest industry insights, draw inspiration from education success stories, or just want to sharpen your marketing skills, you're in the right place. Here, we bring you a diverse range of voices from experts and leaders in the field, offering you a unique blend of professional development and practical strategies. Whether you want to understand your audience better, stay updated with the latest tech trends in marketing, or expand your professional network, we've got you covered. So while you're driving on your morning commute or winding down after a busy day, let's explore the dynamic world of education marketing together. So what metrics or indicators do you use to measure the success of your student engagement strategies? When it comes to the digital marketing side of things, we, of course, look at engagement and open rates, um, you know, and and I would never want to push these numbers off as vanity numbers. But, you know, I like to see the event numbers the most. Well, you know, last last summer we did um, an event for um, summer enrollment. Um, I guess we did the event in the spring to get our numbers up for summer enrollment. But we had academic advisors out there. We had like some summer activities like volleyball um, and some other it was like a little cookout type situation. Um, and we actually saw our numbers for summer enrollment go up, um, I, I think by at least like 25% just from this event alone. And we had academic advisors out there who were able to kind of talk to students and give them the benefits of taking these summer courses um, and able to kind of like walk them through, you know, if you, if you took this summer course, like this will shorten your time span here at the university altogether. Like you're already here, like why don't you, you know, um, who were kind of able to work with them through that event. So. Hello and welcome everyone back to another episode of the Education Marketing Leader. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming a fellow UF Gator alum, Brianna Palmer. Brianna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris, and thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for agreeing to be part of the show. So Brianna is a program coordinator at the marketing team and student engagement at Kennesaw State University right in my neck of the woods in uh, northern Georgia. So Brianna, you have a PR degree from the University of Florida, just like I do. So go Gators. Go Gators, chomp chomp. <laughs> you worked at Disney for about seven years and two in the communications role. And you also taught English as a second language in South Korea. And then you started working in higher ed marketing at Kennesaw State University. Tell us a little bit about your background in the higher ed marketing and why you chose higher ed in your role at Kennesaw State University. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so much like yourself, I was a non-traditional student. I went to the University of Florida online while I was still working for the Disney company. Um, so much like that, I, I it was during COVID, so I was balancing school as well as work, as well as the uncertainty of you know what was going on within the world itself. Um, so by the end of 2021, when I graduated, I just knew that I kind of needed a change of pace and I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like at that point. Um, I knew that I didn't necessarily want to go straight into working for an agency or working for another tourism industry. Um, so I decided to take a step back and to uh, move to South Korea and to teach English. Um, I did a little bit of curriculum planning as well over there, um, but then my contract was up and I returned home. And again, I was kind of stuck with this feeling of, I, I don't want to go the agency route. I don't want to go back into a huge corporation, um, kind of experiencing the same kind of things that I was dealing with at Disney. 
Um, so I started, my aunt was a higher education marketer at Reinhardt University in Canton, Georgia. Um, and so she inspired me to kind of look around at different colleges, uh, different universities in the area. So I interviewed at uh, Emory in Atlanta. I also in, uh, interviewed at University of North Georgia up in Dahlonega. Um, but I, the one that I interviewed at that really stood out to me was Kennesaw State University. Um, I interviewed with uh, my director at the time, Jasmine Jackson, um, and her team. Um, and immediately I felt at home the their how their strategy for uh, gaining student engagement and how they felt about student success just really hit home with me. Uh, and I literally left that interview. I was driving. I was on Chastain Road right there in Kennesaw. And I was like, I got that job. Like, that's my job. That's where I'm going to be. Um, and I just felt so at home after the interview. Um, and sure enough, like not even a week later, they were like, can you start on this date? And I was like, absolutely. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up in higher education and, and at Kennesaw State University. Um, Kennesaw State University specifically because we are more so a... We have like a good balance between traditional students and non-traditional students, but knowing that it was a university that caters to both really meant a lot to me. Um, so that, and that's why it kind of stood out more so than University of North Georgia and Emory. Uh, I really like that aspect of it. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's a pretty cool story. I, um, I got into the higher ed marketing air arena on the ed tech side around the time you started, like you started back in August, 2022. I started in July, 2022. So that's kind of cool to have you on the show, you know, and about Kennesaw State University, I know that they're, they're pretty diverse there as well, because one of my colleagues, he's originally from Germany and he moved, uh, he grew up in Belize and then he um, tried to find a university in the United States. And so he went from Belize to Kennesaw State University and he graduated there. He also went after he graduated from Kennesaw. Went to went to Germany to graduate uh, with his master's from there. So a good setup at Kennesaw State. Great education, uh, catapulting people to greater heights. So good on you guys. Uh, but when we planned this episode, we were talking about student engagement in marketing, and this is one of your expertise um, for people that may be new to higher ed or exploring higher ed marketing. Can you? Start by explaining the role of marketing in enhancing student engagement within a higher ed institution. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so when I think it comes to student engagement, it's important to, um, you know, coming from that marketing PR background, data is important. <laughs> when we look at the numbers, students who are engaged in their in student life and in academic life at their university, they're going to be more successful. Um, that's what the numbers show us. Um, and it has kind of proven true. Um, you and I know coming from being UF online students that it was kind of harder to kind of seek out those experiences. They weren't just kind of like handed to us. Um, but also just in general, when you're dealing with a more diverse population, uh, such as the kind that we have at Kennesaw State University, you know, we sport, I think, about 35% uh, first-generation students, um, that kind of thing. It's really important to get this information out to them. They might not necessarily come from backgrounds or households that teach them how to go out and grab this information to look for this information. So marketing to these, you know, these diverse sets of students, the, whether it be first generation, um, minority students, um, non-traditional students is very important to let them know like, hey, this is available to you. We want you to take advantage of it. It's free. You've already paid for it within your student fees. 
we want you here. You know, you are part of this story at Kennesaw State. You know, take advantage of that. Take advantage of these resources. Um, so that that is kind of getting the word out there and marketing to them in a way that's not preachy, but just, hey, we're on your level. You know, we, we want you to be successful and this is how you can assist us and we can assist you in that success. Yeah, that's lovely because a lot of first generation students, they don't have the the people that have been through it before to couldn't tell them, hey, this is what you can expect from uh, from a university setting. So having that in the marketing material to make sure that they take advantage of everything that's there to offer to them that they're paying through their tuition is is very important because they may walk away um, not knowing that there were certain things that they could have utilized uh, during their time at the university. So that's I like that approach um, about making sure that students are engaged and enhances to, you know, that that enhancement in student experience also leads to retention, which is very important uh, when it comes to university. It's not just bringing them in, but keeping them there and then uh, making sure they graduate and then catapulting them into the workforce. And hopefully they'll spread the good word about the experience and then they'll refer people over to you guys. Exactly. Um, yeah. What are some key strategies that you've implemented to boost student engagement through marketing initiatives? Yeah, absolutely. So when I joined my team, um, there was already the bare bones of an ambassador program, um, which I thought was absolutely fascinating. Um, however, what I was able to do was I was able to truly take that ambassador program and turn it into what it is today and um, let them keep growing. Um, so basically what it is, is we have our ambassadors for student success and what these students do um, they they act as ambassadors for the Center for Student Success. We have different ambassadors who represent different areas, whether it be um, career and internship advising, um, academic advising, uh, study abroad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and these students represent not only their academic departments, but these departments as well. They gain the information that they need. They go out there, they seek it, and they they translate it to the student body to how they think the student body needs to receive it. So they are actual students. They are on a volunteer basis. They're doing this of their own free time. Um, so being able to do that, but also what I did when I came in was I helped them leverage their social media side of things. So um, I was originally dealing with uh, the business college when I first joined Kennesaw State University. Um, and so, and like, yes, we did have marketing students, but a lot of times we were dealing with students from finance or economics, students that may not have as strong of a social media marketing background as, you know, marketing or public relations students. And I was able to kind of help them leverage what they should be looking for um, from either, whether it be other, you know, higher education accounts that are already doing something similar. I know that uh, Tippy at um, Indiana University uh, or I Iowa, they have a wonderful ambassador program and they utilize social media in such a way to kind of, uh, you know, get that knowledge out there. So I kind of taught them how to do that research, but as well as, you know, like looking at trends, how can we shape trends to what we're trying to get out into the world? So it's fun, but it's also informative. Um, so that was kind of where I came in into this program. Um, so it's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So if I understood you correctly, you help these student ambassadors to leverage their social media game to engage their peers. Is that is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because we're, you know, you and I, we went through a great journalism school. So it, it was, it's second nature to us. We know what we need to do, but if let's say there's somebody in the 
chemistry or engineering program, they may not feel comfortable uh, being out there, right? And, and giving them to a little bit of the the training that they need in order to leverage their personal brand in order to engage their peers is very important that may be a no-brainer to the two of us, but somebody who's not in comms, that's like a big lift actually, you know? So having an empathy is 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 critical when you engage student ambassadors. But um, what is the progress that, or the process that you follow to recruit and train student ambassadors to, to ensure that they align with your marketing objectives? Absolutely. So a lot of the times, you know, we're going to be working with our already existing ambassadors to see if they have recommendations of anyone that they would recommend. Um, again, it is a volunteer basis. So I try to make sure that, uh, you know, everyone understands that in the process of this, you know, it does comes with benefits, though, such as letters of recommendation and experience um, and just ensuring that I want them to get as much out of it as, you know, we get out of them. Um, so a lot of times it's through recommendation of our current standing ambassadors, um, but we do have just a regular old signup, you know, recruitment program of, hey, you know, here's the QR code, um, you know, register. And, you know, we do ask a series of questions and, you know, part of the, the first screening is typically, did these students give us enough material in these questions? Or are they actually passionate about this? Or, you know, are they just trying to get involved? And if they're just trying to get involved and, you know, then maybe this is not the place that they would best benefit. Um, however, if they actually have a particular passion about engaging with their fellow student body um, and they give us enough information through those answers, then we typically invite them for an interview. Um, and I try not to, I try, I have a great team that works with me and we try not to make um, our interview questions super like strict and like, you know, by the book. Um, I know one of my coworkers, his favorite questions is simply, and he comes from, he also went to the University of Florida. Um, he always asked the question of what's your favorite story and why. Um, and it it could be anything from a personal story to a, you know, a, a movie or a TV show or a book that someone has read. Um, and just to see why that person, how they describe that story and why that's their favorite story is very telling of where their passions may lie. Um, but we also ask questions as, you know, like, what's a resource that's available to you that you don't think there's enough marketing out there, there's enough information out there to students um, that you think that we need to highlight more questions such as that they're really telling about you know if these students are paying attention to what we're not getting right um, it, it gives us some insight to what students are actually thinking because sometimes staff and faculty we get caught up in the day-to-day -day and we get caught kind of caught up in the what do the higher-ups want as opposed to what do these students actually need? So we ask questions that kind of pull to see if these students are able to verbalize in a way of what they actually need and what they think that they need more of. Um, and then we kind of typically will, and we will typically invite some of our executive board from our current standing ambassador group to sit in on those interviews and ask questions as well, because we also want them to get that experience of interviewing and us, you know, being able to pull out those strengths as well. Um, and then we kind of collaborate and then um, we we determine our board based off of that. Yeah, what a perfect way to build out your target personas by getting these people, you know, these students are sort of like the prospective student that you're actually marketing to with your other marketing efforts, getting exactly what their pain points are, what they're looking for, what they like. You can not only utilize them for engaging with their peers, but also building out your, your marketing strategy uh, for 
potential students. So that's, it's like a win-win, but like you said, there's something in it for them. They get exposure and they get the backing from the university. Like mm -hmm. I always love the student spotlights they did on me from the university of Florida, because when I looked for a job, I could use that as some sort of uh, if part of my portfolio, you know, hey, this is something about me, but it's not just me saying it's like actually a brand backing it the same way Kennesaw State. If you have somebody who's trying to get into the workforce and like you said, you have the letters of recommendation, especially someone who has limited or no work experience that that holds a tremendous amount of weight for them at that point in their career. So, you know. Exactly. Let's pivot over to digital marketing uh, a, a little bit. How has digital marketing transformed the way you engage with students and what platforms have you found most effective? Is it solely social media, is it TikTok, Instagram? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? So Instagram is where we see the most engagement happening. I truly wish that we could utilize TikTok. However, there are state laws in the play that kind of um, present, prevent us from doing so. Um, but um, so that in that way, you kind of have to learn to pivot in other ways. So then you kind of look at Instagram reels, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Facebook is also another great platform. Um, LinkedIn uh, is another great platform for those students who are maybe juniors and seniors, um, but also, you know, getting that alumni attention and keeping in contact with those students who have moved on. Um, so, but Instagram truly is just, it's, it's really great in terms of, it just kind of allows us like multiple different ways in one channel to communicate with students. Um, you know, we, we still utilize things such as email. Um, I, uh, you know, we use, um, we use Emma, which is kind of like a MailChimp kind of situation, something along those lines. Um, I've recently moved over to the social sciences college where we use MailChimp. So it's, uh, when I was at the business college and we were using Emma, we, I was able to get that readability up from 24% to 36. So I was so proud of that because students traditionally do not look at their emails, not for, not for those, they don't look at it for newsletters and events. They look at it more so for that conversation between professors and that type of thing. Um, so hoping to be able to do a similar thing over at the social sciences college and, and get that, that rate up. Um, but it, it, it's, it's about knowing how to shape those messages and how to get their attention. You know, scarcity was always a great one that I used at the business college. Like, hey, we have five spots remaining for this, you know, event. Um, you know, RS, be sure to RSVP today. You know, taking those little digital media, you know, little pieces of knowledge that we pick up through our classes and through seminars and uh, articles and utilizing them to better the student experience and to where they do open their email, they're like, oh, well, this is important. Um, learning how to do that. Um, and just, again, coming down to their level, you know, if you have students saying like, I don't read my email for events, then, you know, sitting down and figuring out, well, how can we, you know, better speak to them? Like, you know, what is the better way to do this, um, as opposed to wasting our energy on things that might not be working? Yeah, that that scarcity and um, urgency in messaging works beautifully, actually, I, I do, I use that too. Um, because we have training sessions for our clients and you know it's if it's it's if it's if i just say hey can you sign up for, uh, you can sign up for this event hardly anybody signs up or they sign up but when i when it goes like two weeks before it's ready to launch the training i said hey there's only five spots left there's only four spots left you know 
and then I'll see them coming in. So it's it's kind of fun to watch that a little bit, the psychology of it. If you just put a little bit of urgency in there, make you know, showcase and communicate like this is something people actually want. And if you want that, don't wait, get it now. Um, definitely use, utilize that to the best of your ability. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you feel like you're a bit, little bit pushy, but sometimes that's what somebody needs, you know, because there are a lot of people, they, they're interested in your course or in your program, but they always put it to the side. You know, they're busy with life, especially adult learners. They're like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And they may never get to it uh, or they may get to it at another program that, that uses that sort of communication. Um, so don't feel yeah. bad if you use some, some urgency and some scarcity. Uh, but in the end, we need to measure success, right? If we're in marketing, we got to make sure that what we put out creates something and moves the needle. Um, so what metrics or indicators do you use to measure the success of your student engagement strategies? Ah, yeah. Um, so a lot of times, you know, if it's event-based, we will uh, look at first, pers- you know, like how many people showed up to this, you know, how many people actually came out to this. Um, Cause especially when you're looking at a, ca- a campus such as Kennesaw, it's a, it's a big campus. So like, are people actually finding us, you know, are they actually able to get to this and to come to this event? Um, we have two resource fairs at the, uh, every year we do one in the spring, one in the fall. Um, I was so ecstatic to see that our fall numbers from when I first began went from, I think it was like 245. And then when the next fall this year, it came around, we were at 445. So almost a 200 person increase. Um, And that was through the efforts of our student ambassadors kind of getting the word out there, as well as the other staff members within our department, getting the word out there. Um, You know, when it comes to the digital marketing side of things, we, of course, look at engagement and open rates, um, you know, and and I would never want to push these numbers off as vanity numbers. But, you know, I like to see the event numbers the most. Well, you know, last last summer we did um, an event for um, summer enrollment. Um, I guess we did the event in the spring to get our numbers up for summer enrollment. But we had academic advisors out there. We had like some summer activities like volleyball um, and some other it was like a little cookout type situation. Um, and we actually saw our numbers for summer enrollment go up, um, I, I think by at least like 25% just from this event alone. And we had academic advisors out there who were able to kind of talk to students and give them the benefits of taking these summer courses um, and able to kind of like walk them through, you know, if you if you took this summer course, like this will shorten your time span here at the university altogether. Like you're already here, like why don't you, you know, um, who were kind of able to work with them through that event. So seeing what the goal of the event is as well as the attendance but also did 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 we get the goal from that attendance um and a lot of times we are and so kind of those types of metrics but as well as open rates engagements likes and shares sure sure i absolutely love the summer courses because they were condensed and i could get it quicker done quicker and i've noticed that i get a little bit more attention when i was a student in a summer course because there were fewer students in there and then some of the some of the professors, especially the ones who were used to non-traditional students, they were like, kudos to you, you know, for doing this in the summer. So good job. And they gave me a little bit more grace than they would have in a in a fall or in a spring course when there were a lot of students in there. Uh, looks like sounds like you have a lot of success in your role, but I'm sure there are some challenges as well. Um, what were some of the challenges that you faced in engaging students through marketing and how have you addressed these challenges and overcome them? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm um, so you know there 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 is always the the piece of leadership buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if you do have a leader that might be coming from a marketing background, um, chances are that that person probably most likely is coming from a more academic background. And um, you and I both know that academic and real world do not always translate. And so you really kind of have to mold, but also be able to sell that to leadership of like, let's just give it a try. Let's see what happens. If it doesn't work, you're right, I'm wrong, you know, whatever that may be. But leadership buy-in can always be a difficult piece to kind of, um, you know, truly sell. Also non-traditional students. What are we making, you know, like yourself and myself, um, what are we doing to make sure that those students are not ignored, that, you know, we are still providing the same quality and time and focus to those students because these are not students who are going to want to come to campus for an event. You know, these are students that have full lives, families, um, jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but they are still valuable. You know, they're, they're still students at the end of the day. We still, we still owe them our attention and our service. Um, so making sure that we are, you know, properly also marketing to them, whether that be direct mail marketing, whether that be, um, these are the students who are looking to their emails. So what do we need to do differently for these students? Um, and just, you know, making sure that you're properly surveying these students, talking to these students, you know, whether it be through focus groups or just one-on-one interviews, um, having those types of students as ambassadors, you know, I've had ambassadors who are, you know, 50 years old, their mom, their, their kids went back to college and they decided it was time for them to go back to college. Like they still, they offer amazing input that our traditional students do not offer. Um, so just making sure that you're getting a, a full, wholesome, holistic representation of your student body and making sure that you're making sure that everyone is getting what they need from you. Yeah, absolutely. I remember during my uh, associate degree time at the community college, I went in the evening after work at was in Tampa, Hillsborough Community College, and I kind of felt like the I don't I don't want to say second class citizen, but a, more like an afterthought because I I I I I saw the social media posts from the college and they had all these events for the traditional age students, you know free food here during the day um, and, and snacks and stuff, but nothing in the evening, right? So you just walked in there and you're like, you didn't get that full experience uh, that the people got during the day. So I always thought that was kind of a, a letdown. I mean, for me, it was more transactional because I just wanted to get my AA and want to get the, get out of there. Uh, but still, you know, sometimes you felt like, oh man, they, they get that. I'm paying the same tuition, but I don't get that. So um you know, it's a bit of a challenge. I know it is, but. No, you're absolutely right. You know, when we we look at these students, you know, they might already be in their field of study. They might just be completing their bachelor's degree, but these students have friends that might be looking at master's degrees or, you know, furthering their education from what they already have. So, you know, we, we can't diminish their value by any means whatsoever. Um, so just getting on their level and, you know, being there for them as well is extremely important. Absolutely. And let's just use that example that just gave me being a Kennesaw State student and you're taking that feedback and how do you incorporate this sort of student feedback into your marketing strategy to ensure continuous engagement and improvement? Yeah. So, you know, looking at surveys, looking at, again, just like those one-on-one student interactions, Mm -hmm. um, 
first off, I always ask my student ambassadors whenever they come to me with, you know, a piece of feedback, you know, they, they whether it be like, we don't look at our email or this is not working, et cetera, et cetera. I, I always, I always gauge them. I'm always like, okay, what do you think will work? Um, like, what do you think that your, what do you think that your student body needs that would better fit the situation? Um, and just again, having that word from them and hearing their ideas is a great way to tap into that. Again, you're kind of getting on their level. Um, even though I was just a student in 2021, um, I'm closer to their age than some of the staff members that may be closer to their life situation as other staff members, but I still cannot put myself in the exact shoes that they're in. So taking, not only taking that feedback, but also gauging them and having them think about, what would I do better? Um, so they, they're always wonderful at implementing that. So I remember we had like a series of events and, you know, I, I asked, I asked my ambassadors, I said, well, how do y'all think that these events are going? And they're like, they're great. They're very informative. However, you know, we want to see, you know, what's something that we're, you know, cause like we were seeing that juniors and seniors weren't attending as many events as like, let's say the freshman and sophomore. And I asked my junior and senior, um, my students and I said, you know, why, you know, how are these events going? Like, what are you guys, or what are you guys seeing? And they're like, well, this is not exactly fitting what we need right now. Can we hold our own event with our own speaker that we find? And I said, yeah, that's perfectly, that's great. I would love for you to do that. Um, and what they did was they actually brought in an HR specialist who taught them how to look at compensation packages and break down the compensation package and determine which compensation package is better for them. And they even went out and they did the marketing up for it themselves. So not just, and that's an event, that's more of an event example, but also the same thing as marketing. You know, they tell me all the time, like we need to be using more reels, you know, posts are not working, et cetera. It's, you know, more stories, that kind of thing. Um, so taking that information, gauging them to get what they think would be a better fit, but also just it, truly just implementing what they're saying because it, it's truly important and, you know, making them feel heard and also getting them to think things through is very important for their future careers as well. Yeah. I love that you take that feedback from them, but then you ask them what their advice is because these are the ones that you're targeting, but also that helps them to get prepared for the real world, right? If you're it's like the problem solution scenario. When you go to your boss, you don't want to just say, hey, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. You actually want to say, hey, this doesn't work, but here's the solution that I present, right? So you're, you're giving them, uh, you, you're preparing them for the real world as they're being ambassadors, talking to you about certain marketing strategies um, in the engagement of their peers. Now, let's talk a little bit about future trends because AI is super hot right now. Um, what, but I don't know if you utilize that for, for student engagement. So what do you foresee? What kind of trends do you see sh shaping the future in student engagement in the, uh, in the higher ed marketing? Yeah, that one's a, that, that one is a hard one. I do think, you know, we, you, you've talked about the enrollment cliff and, you know, we focusing on non-traditional students, which I definitely think is a big one. AI is so hard because I think that a lot of institutions are still trying to figure out where they stand on AI. Um, I, I believe that our institution itself has not come forward. Um, and, and, and a lot of our, I'm a graduate student, I'm a graduate student at our institution. So even a lot of my professors are like, I know that this is being utilized, 
but I don't know how I should teach it. Um, so there comes about a few issues here of, you know, we, we need to teach it because we don't want students being left behind and how are we teaching this and how can we use it to better engage these students? Um, so a lot of times, for example, on my own professional job, when it comes to writing email headlines, you know, like I could sit there forever and spend, a, you know, a whole hour on an email headline. But if I throw it into BARD or chat GDP, it's going to give me a great email headline if I just say like, I need an email headline that empathizes the scarcity of this event that is happening tomorrow. BARD or chat GDP is going to spit that out. And, it's, and, it, and, it, and it does it in such a way that's so quick that I don't have to focus on it. Um, so using it for things like that, um, but also using it for ways to, when you're talking to leadership, I can ask BARD or chat GDP to uh, write out my data that's going to be a little bit more engaging for my target, my leadership, my faculty, my deans, et cetera. Um, so I use it in that sort of way so that I can truly, because I love data, but it's not always my favorite thing to sit there and kind of break down how this data actually applies. BARD is able to do that so quickly. Um, and it kind of takes out my side of having to do that. Um, so that's how I utilize it. Um, this is where the data is coming from. This is what the data from our events and our, our 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 social media looks like. And this is how I can present it to these people in a, in a very consecutive manner. Um, so hopefully continuing to figure out ways to use it like that, it, it, that's kind of going to be the key there is just how can I make, how can I spend more of my time doing what I love and letting these tools do what they need to do. Um, but also figuring out how to get buy-in from leadership about non-traditional students. Like, you know, empathizing, like, it's important to, you know, offer events for both. You know, one doesn't take away from the other. One doesn't make us weaker than the other, um, including them in this. If we offer full-time, if we offer degrees that are full-time online, we need to also be offering events and presentations, you know, whatever, speakers, online as well, because th that's what these students are paying tuition for as well. They, they're paying student fees just as much as the traditional students are. So we also need to be providing these activities for them. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure there's a sense of belonging for both, you know, whether it's in person or online. I know the University of Florida holds a lot of speaking events, and I appreciated when, the time when they actually recorded and put it on demand. So people that are online or that are already alumni, they'll be able to watch that and get the full um, benefit of that talk as well. Exactly. As we bring the episode to a close, some advice for your higher ed marketing peers. What advice would you give to higher ed marketers looking to enhance student engagement at their institutions? Yeah. Uh, listen to your students. Um, get down on that. You know, especially even if if you're looking at non-traditional students and if you're looking at the, uh, the traditional more of the Gen Z, um, both of these segments of the population, they want authenticity. Um, they want you to be real. They want you to um, identify, of course, who I am at home is not going to be who I am at work, but I can still provide them my real self. And, and it creates a bond of trust there that, you know, because I think a lot of times people go into school and they, they, you know, or people go to college and they're just like, oh, it's so difficult. I'm having to jump through so many hoops. But I think if you get down on their level and show them that you care about their opinion, you care about what they're going through, it's going to create a, like an impact. They're going to have someone they can trust in. Um, and also um, it just kind of creates a safe space for them. You know, I, a lot of my ambassadors from the business college, I still mentor, they still come to see me. We still grab coffee, you know, finals is 
you know, we're approaching finals right now. And I had one, she came to visit me um, last Thursday. She was my president over at the ambassador group for the business college. And, you know, I was asking her how everything's going and she was like, it's just exhausting. And I feel like I'm the only person who feels this way. And I was like, I can assure you, you're not like, um, so, it, but it also, it, 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 that alone creates a sense of belonging as well, that having that, you know, having a person who truly wants to listen to you and engage with you and who's not trying to teach you anything or speak down to you, but just someone to talk to. So listening to your student body, um, listening to all segments of your student body, um, that would be my biggest piece of advice. And more than just surveys, you know, surveys go so far, but have those focus groups, have those one-on-one -on -one interviews, um, you know, take a student out to coffee and see what they have to say. Um, that, that would be my biggest piece of recommendation. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense especially in your situation because you're a graduate student at the university. So you're, you're feeling it too, you know, your work and you got the responsibilities of your assignments. So they kind of like, okay, this person's actually in there with me in the trenches sort of, you know, and doesn't just talk from like experience from 20 years ago. So you can actually emphasize with them better than somebody who's maybe has nothing else going on other than going to their job and then going home and relaxing. So that's awesome that you do that for those students. It's very valuable. So how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about student engagement? Is LinkedIn the best way? LinkedIn is the best way. That is uh, that is kind of where I like to keep all of my um, professional, but also like I understand LinkedIn is more of a professional thing too. Um, so, but yes, definitely LinkedIn is the best way to get in touch with me. Also, you're welcome to email me at uh, bpalm. P-A-L-M-E 13 at Kennesaw.edu. I'm happy to uh, connect with people that way as well. Awesome. Bree, I really appreciate you being part of the show and sharing your insights. Thank you, Chris. I hope that you have a wonderful holiday and very safe trip. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care now. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show today. If you enjoyed it, don't keep it to yourself. Share with your friends in your network. And if you have a moment, I would really appreciate a review of the podcast that'll help other people find the show as well. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. when I release another episode. Take care now. Have a good one, friends.